Welcome to today's podcast. Today we have Betty joining us. She is originally from Hungary, and I would just like to say thank you very much, Betty, for joining us and sharing your experiences moving abroad and living in Spain. No, my pleasure. Thanks for having me. Great. So tell us a little bit about what your life was like before you moved to Spain. Right. So I'm 28 now, and I've been living abroad ever since I was 17, or for the most part. So it's been a very interesting and very diverse young adulthood, let's put it that way. Mm -hmm. So even before, I changed schools a lot. So I was quite used to changing environments and adapting to new environments. And when I was 17, I moved to the UK. And since then, I've lived in several European countries. I've also had the pleasure to travel quite a bit, um, also on holiday. And I remember when I was, I think, just about to finish my bachelor's, I had to do an internship and I really wanted to practice my Spanish, which was quite rubbish at that point. And I decided to do an internship. And that's when I fell in love with Spain. But I had to go back. So, But I, I stayed with this longing for, for Spain. Okay. And what part of Spain are you now in? I currently live in Valencia. So not just the community, but also the capital of Valencia. Excellent. And how long have you been there? It's been two and a half years. Yeah, almost three years now. So time flies. It does. It goes by very quickly, yeah. and especially in a new place. There's so many new things to do and see. Yeah. And it goes by fast. So, so when you moved here to Spain, did you move here by yourself or did you come with some friends or family? I moved completely alone. So even in other moves beforehand, I've always moved alone. I had the support of my family, but not physically. They weren't physically there. So I came alone. Excellent. Yeah. <laughs> Great. That's that's me as well. I, I moved to, to Barcelona by myself and I didn't know anybody when oh, wow. I first came here. But I, I wasn't my first time moving abroad by myself. So it's it's a good part of the adventure. It's It's got some challenges because we don't have the other person to kind of Definitely. help us out and fall back on. But it's it's got its advantages as well. Great. And yeah, definitely. So you came here for your internship. And was that in Valencia, your internship, or was it another part of Spain? No, that was in Valencia as well. So, And that was okay. completely by coincidence. So I was just looking all over Spain. I even looked in Latin America, which mm -hmm. my parents thought might be too far. And then just by accident, I happened upon this internship in Valencia and I said, okay, I've never been. I've been to Barcelona and Madrid, but never Valencia, but sounds good. <laughs> okay, excellent. And what was one of the biggest obstacles that you had with moving to Spain? Right. So I think my case is a bit special because I've moved several times before but mm -hmm. always for relatively short term so a couple of years max and for me it wasn't so much the moving I mean that of course as well like getting here and getting used to the people the language which is not my native tongue so those weren't easy but I was kind of used to it I was prepared for it mm -hmm. what I wasn't entirely prepared for is actually moving here to stay for good because that was my plan but it never really settled that it's very different when you kind of know in the back of your mind that you're going to move away at some point because you're there for work or for studies or for an internship and it's completely different when you say okay I want to stay here I want to be 
completely registered. I want to be signed up with a local doctor. I need to know all the bureaucracy. I need to find a flat. You know, everything has to be the right way because you're not going to leave in a couple of months. So right. for me, that was challenging. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's a good, to say the least. <laughs> yeah, that actually is a good point because especially here in Barcelona, it's a very transient city which it's it's great in many ways, but many people come saying, okay, I know I'm going to be here for the year of school or I'm going to do two years for work and then I'm going to move on. So it is, I think, a big difference with that mindset of, yeah, I'm going to go for a couple of years and I'm going to enjoy it and it's going to be fine. And then I know I'm moving on somewhere else where it's, no, I'm I'm moving and I'm staying and settling. Yeah, 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 exactly. So the selling part for me was a challenge, not just, you know, the practical sides of it, which of course is because you just set up things differently for your life. But for me, the, the psychological aspect of it that, you know, I actually am staying somewhere and I haven't been in the same place for more than a couple of years, for 11 years. Well, now it's 11 years, but yeah. Mm-hmm. So it was, it was a scary thought of, okay, so this is rather final. Right. But it's a good kind of scary. Mm-hmm. You're really putting yeah. down those those roots to stay. So definitely. What was the biggest surprise that you've had with living in Spain? There were a few, maybe. Mm-hmm. So I think I mean I knew some of Spain and because of my internship that lasted three months and that That was a while ago, but still, when you're here for an internship and you're still a bit younger and you don't take it all too seriously, you see a very different part of life. So I think the biggest surprise for me, that's a good question. Maybe the bureaucracy was definitely a shocker because I come from a a very bureaucratic, somewhat corrupt country. And I thought, oh, it can't get worse than that. And I'm not saying it is. I think a lot of parts are great and a lot mm-hmm. of things are really easy to take care of if you know where to go. But, and, and it depends on sheer luck sometimes. So yes. I can say I've logged out majorly so far. So I went to have my driver's license renewed and I, and I just had a guy who said, well, not even renewed. I just wanted to exchange it for a Spanish one. And I said, look, it's going to expire in a few months. Why don't you just pop down there, do a test, and we'll just take care of it, call it quits, call it even. And I said, okay, but I'm missing this in this document. He said, don't worry. Everything else is fine. That's lucky. So you can have – that's very lucky. You can have this or you can have uh, a pain-in-the-ass person – Mm-hmm. who woke up uh, on the or with the wrong side of on the wrong side of the bed that day and if you don't have three photocopies but you have two he's gonna throw you out so it's sheer luck which I find really surprising and something you have to adapt to so if you come from a very you know regulated country where everything is done according to the book this is something that's a bit of a challenge Yes, that's true. And I, I mean, I wish I was lucky. I've had kind of the opposite experience a while ago. It was several years ago and I was applying to have a student visa that I was here Mm -hmm. for. And so I've got all my documents and stuff, but I needed to get the actual identity card with my picture on it. And and it says student visa and my NIA number and all that kind of stuff. 
And my roommate at that time, my flatmate was a lawyer. So he went with me. We had to go out of town to get it because everything was booked solid in Barcelona. Oh, wow. I think I had to wait two months to get the appointment. So we get there and he's talking to them in Spanish and stuff and he's getting irritated. And then he's like, okay. And uh, what it was is I needed a document saying that I was registered in the apartment that I was in. Oh, but he right. even said yeah. he, he looked online and it never asked for that. No doc, like no anywhere was it stating that I had to have this extra document. And the guy just said, well, you need it. So she has to come back. Oh my God. Yeah. Sometimes it happens. So I was lucky enough because I have a friend who's also Hungarian and she's been living in Valencia for 16, 17 years. She's mm-hmm. married to a Spanish guy as well. Now she actually moved to Barcelona, funnily enough, for a job. Okay. She works on the consulate. And in the beginning, I was a little bit lost of, okay, so what document needs to be where and when and where do I find it? Mm-hmm. And she just said, look, just print everything. Whatever you can find, just make sure everything's there. And make if copies. They ask, and make copies of everything. And she just, she was a great help when I started with the whole, you know, registering in a flat. By the way, what I also find shocking is that an official ID that I have, which has my NIA on it, since I'm a member of the European Union, I don't have to apply for residency. Right. It's a green card, literally, but it has no picture. It's, it's a piece of paper. Mm-hmm. And I said, how is that a national official document? That's a piece of paper and that could tear apart any second. <laughs> right. Yeah. And w- that if you're not surprising. part of the EU, you have to have your photo on it, which I think is interesting because, I mean, anybody could have that green, like, how do they know that you're, even though you are part of the EU, but that yeah. you are. With I have that to carry document. my passport. Oh, I have okay. to carry another piece of photo ID. So and I carry think- two. So what's the point of this one then? <laughs> you know. So yeah. uh, they love yeah, paperwork here. They do. Love they do. Here. They do. And even though a lot of stuff happens online, you still have to print things, mm-hmm. which is not the most efficient way of doing things. <laughs> That's true. That's true. So you've been here for a while. So yeah. when you're traveling or going on vacation within Spain, what are some mm-hmm. of your favorite areas or cities that you like to get to and, and visit? Well, I I really wanted 2020 to be the year when I really get to know the Valencian community, and that did not happen, mm-hmm. uh, obviously. But I did a couple of short excursions, and my absolute favorite part of Spain so far, I must mm-hmm. say, is uh, the kind of southern part of the Valencian community, so this region, because it has some beautiful, beautiful uh, villages as well. But I just love the nature. It's so scenic. You have these, what they call them, calas, which are like bays, kind Mm -hmm. of, which are just so pretty. And they just feel so authentically Spanish. Even if it's full of tourists, you just, you know, and you can have such a cheap weekend away. And you have, you can have such a good time that's basically picture perfect. So mm-hmm. I, I love that area, but I do want to discover more of the northern part as well, where I haven't been yet. I'm a, a bigger fan of smaller towns and villages, okay. I think, because mm-hmm. I like, at the moment, I like living in the big city. I think Valencia is a great size for me because I would feel a bit more suffocated in Barcelona and Madrid, but for holiday and for traveling, I love to discover these like cute little towns, especially in further south. So mm-hmm. just love it. <laughs> 
I, I know what you mean. I love living in the city, but I also love escaping the city to get yeah. to the smaller towns, the country, some hiking and things like that. And yeah. like you, I planned on spending 2020 really getting to know a lot more of Spain and just <laughs> touring just in Spain because I do a lot of travel, but I haven't done yeah. as much as I would like to here. And as we all know, there was no travel going on. So yeah, absolutely. Hopefully this year I'll get to see um, some more places that I haven't been to yet. Let's hope so. Yeah. I'd love to do that too. What are a few things you would you wish to have known about Spain um, before moving here? Hmm, interesting question. There's a lot of things I already kind of knew in advance because mm -hmm. I had or or kind of assumed, not even knew, but assumed because I have met a lot of um, Spanish-speaking people and a lot of Mediterranean people, let's just mm -hmm. say that way. So I kind of picked up on a lot of the social cues, so to say. But something that I wish I had known, wow. Well, just in general, not even about Spain, but general about moving abroad, that mm -hmm. it's it's not always going to be perfect. It's You're going to have really terrible days as well. And of course, it can get lonely. More so in a pandemic. So that, that would have been not even nice to know, but nice to register a bit better on my end. <clears throat> right. Yeah, it, it is, especially that's one of the, I don't want to say the downsides, but that's one of the harder things when you do move abroad by yourself and you don't know anybody that it's difficult yeah. during a pandemic is even worse. But yeah, because you don't, you don't have at least that somebody when you're having a bad day that you can just kind of complain to, even though yeah. you know, we um, all have bad days. General, yeah, exactly. And in general, I think a lot of people forget that culture shock is very real. Mm -hmm. Even if you move from very from a country that's very similar to your destination, it's still present. So you go in this amazing high because you think, oh, it's amazing. It's everything I wanted. And then yeah. you crash. And unless you learn to manage it, you're going to have a really, really extendedly bad time. So I kind of was aware of it because one, I studied it and two, I've done it before. But then, you know, Spain was like the dream country for me. I've I've been wanting to live here for years. And when it finally happened, I kind of went a little over the top and thought, okay, this is amazing. And it's going to stay this this fabulous the whole time. And then you come across the bureaucracy. You come across, mm -hmm. oh no, the shops are closed on Sundays. You come across that someone wasn't that nice to you even though you thought all Spanish were nice like some generalization like that mm -hmm. so it, it was more that kind of stuff but nothing majorly shocking I wouldn't say oh I wish I had known that in Spain I don't know you can't you shouldn't really drink the tap water or something so it wasn't anything like that right okay well that's that's good what was your biggest adjustment to moving to Valencia I think the mindset change that I told you about mm -hmm. when, you know, deciding, okay, this is, this is real and this mm -hmm. is for good. So that was a big adjustment for me to feel free to decorate. It sounds silly, but oh. when you're only temporary somewhere, you don't put up pictures. I put up my diplomas for the first time since I got them. Things like that, just settling in for real, I think was a big thing for me. And at the same time, taking things easier. So mm -hmm. I, I come from Hungary, which is not that strictly regulated, so to say, but it's more Germanic than Spain, for sure. It's more direct in that sense. 
and getting used to things like, oh, well, okay, didn't go that well. I remember being in the vet's office. I had a cat at some point and I was in the vet's office. I had an appointment for eight, five past nine, I was still waiting and I wasn't the only one. And I was getting really impatient and I had a sick pet with me and I was ready to not share, but really tell my opinion to someone. And everyone else was super relaxed, like, "Mm, well, okay, we're going to wait then. And I learned to do a little bit more like that and take things a little bit easier. I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And those, those are some good points. And uh, I never really would have thought of the, the decorating part and the hanging stuff yeah. up, but you're right. When you, when you know, you're going to settle more, you're like, okay, this is, this is my home. This is where I'm living. And instead of being, okay, yeah. I'm in a, a, a good flat and it's fine, but there's no point in doing a lot of things because I'm only going to be here for a certain short amount of time or even for exactly. a year. So Exactly. Very true. Very true. There's something that you miss from either Hungary or you spent a lot of time in the UK, I think. Do you Uh, miss anything from from either one of those places? Occasionally. So I don't really get homesick in the traditional sense. I obviously miss my family, especially my mom and sometimes food. I mean, I love Spanish food and I love that especially in big cities, you have a lot of variety. I know a lot of British expats complain that you don't get the same quality Indian food, but I think it's brilliant. But occasionally I do get a craving for for some traditional Hungarian food or for a Sunday roast. Mm-hmm. Or I also lived in, in the Netherlands. I did both my master's in the Netherlands. So I, I don't know if I, I missed that about the country or the stage of life that I was in. You know what okay. I mean? Because mm-hmm. I was a student, for example, at, at a really good university in the Netherlands. And that was a very collegiate ambiance. You had a lot of student clubs. You had a lot of things to do. Very international, very different setup. And I don't mm-hmm. have that here, but it's normal because I'm not a student anymore. So maybe it's part of that as well, you know? Right. So that's now a different phase of life. And in as the phases change, things around yeah. us also change. Yeah, and, and you start expecting different things and you start being okay with a lot of things that you didn't think you were okay with before. So the quarantine showed me that, I mean, before I loved having loads of people around, not necessarily friends because you can't have more than 20 friends, but I loved being social and I still do, but I realized like, okay, if I have a few close friends, I have a, a stable partner, on whom I can count and we can do a lot of things together from excursions to sports to culture events, then really you don't need to be always looking for different social activities and being double and triple booked every day. So right. I calm down a bit. <laughs> so it's more now about the quality and not the quantity. Yeah, but I think people in their 20s go through that phase anyway mm-hmm. when it's so easy to make friends when you're young because people are just there. <laughs> like you don't have to right. look, they're just there. Mm-hmm. But especially then like you the, focus more on the, Oh, sorry, go ahead. No, it's okay. I was say, especially in, in years of college and university, and so you're going to a big one, everybody's in the same phase. They're, you know, everybody, you're different classes. There's so many people around all the time. Yeah, exactly. And, and I think, you kind of learn not to always look for that. I mean, I've never been this party girl or anything, but, and I never was the center of attention, but you 
know, it's different when you have so many options to go to this mm -hmm. club and go to that study association. And there's a, I don't know, an open mic night and just a million things, which you still get in a big city, but maybe you just don't feel the urge to always be there and always be present and always do things, even when you're tired. <laughs> mm -hmm. I know some people would make comments sometimes. I would be told is that when I was going through changes too, they're like, oh, that's just because you're getting old. I'm like, no, it's not that I'm getting old. I'm just getting wiser and my priorities yeah. are changing. And, yeah, and our priorities do change as we we grow. And I mean, you, when school, that was a priority at one point. And then I love to travel. So part of me is I don't want to spend money on a lot of materialistic type things. Because to me, yeah. I think the other day I was looking at a dress for 100 and, 190 euro, basically 200 euro. And I thought, 200 euro for a dress. It's such a beautiful dress, but then we can't fly or travel much now. But the other part of my brain is I can go somewhere for 200 euro and easily in Europe. Yeah. I could go to, a, I could do, take a lot of flights for, for yeah. that. So I'm like, mm, what do I want now? So our priorities change. Definitely. Definitely. And I think that's normal. And I think the more you not just travel, but the more you move. So go somewhere for a longer time and you experience things on mm -hmm. your own as well, or, or not in your same bubble, in your same circle, you reevaluate a lot of things. So that definitely helped me as well. Great. So what are a few tips or advice or, or things that you would tell somebody if they're thinking about moving to Spain, what they should maybe kind of consider or think about? There's a lot of things. So I would start with doing as much research as you can from all kinds of trustworthy sources. So not literally every blog on the planet, but right. do look into podcasts like this, but also official information from the embassy. Make sure what you're getting into, what is it that you need? Because I see a lot of people, for example, in the Hungarian Facebook group saying, hey, so I'm moving in two weeks. I don't speak Spanish. Spanish at all and I have a B1 English what can I work in and people say well until you learn Spanish probably not much mm -hmm. you can maybe be a waitress so do kind of do your homework do your due diligence mm -hmm. and expect that you're going to have a bad time at some point it's going to be great but you are going to have a difficult time at some point and try to build a support system so first things first maybe not on your first day, but try actively to meet other people who are in a similar situation, but also locals. Mm -hmm. So make sure that your friend group isn't exclusively other expats or other immigrants, so to say, because you're going to lose touch with the reality a little bit if you do that. Yeah. And I know that's a, a really good point because I know, and especially in certain areas, there are more expats from specific yeah. countries and things, which is fine, but it's difficult, you know, that part of me is the reason why you leave a country and move to another is part, part weather for a lot of people, um, yeah. especially me coming from Canada, good part weather. Oh, you're um, from Canada. I'm from Canada. Yeah. And I know a lot of people from the UK that it's they, a lot, say the weather and stuff, but to yeah. come to Spain and then all they have are friends from their same home country. And it's, yeah. to me, it's kind of like, well, it's great to have some friends, but to, to integrate and to enjoy and be in the country that you want to be in, um, mm. especially when they say, you know, things have frustrated them from their home country. It's like, then, then you want to have local friends and everything to yeah. integrate more. 
I, I completely agree because I also think, as you said, it's really good to have friends from your own country or people mm -hmm. in similar situations, other foreigners, because you don't feel so alone because right. you're at the beginning, you're going to feel, okay, what do I have in common with the Spanish people who have never left their hometown or haven't moved further than two blocks down the road from their parents' house? So right. you're going to have that thought first. Mm -hmm. But but it's good because, I mean, if you want to be a part of the local community, it includes being part of that community as well. And I think if you want to create little Italy and little UK and little Canada um, in Spain, then you can't be surprised that the locals are going to feel the exact same way about it, some mm -hmm. locals at least, as some locals in your home country feel about immigrants and experts not adjusting to their culture so exactly you have to be careful and find the balance i agree yeah i agree yeah. well thank you very much betty for your time and sharing your stories and experience with us we really appreciate it my pleasure anytime yeah it was great to to talk to you and you asked some really interesting questions i'm glad if i could provide some some help and some interesting answers great i'm sure you did thank you Thank you. Thanks so much.